Hello, welcome to the Lyft Podcast. I've invited my husband Brandon to join me today because I might be biased, but I think he has one of the most brilliant minds of people that I know. The topic that we're going to cover today definitely has taken both of us and both of our minds working together to actually be able to really figure out some of the solutions to to some of the challenges that we've faced and the times that we have felt overwhelmed and overburdened and being able to identify what is causing that, what's the root cause of that, and what principles need to be understood and lived in accordance with so that that feeling of being overwhelmed and overburdened isn't there because we're living in harmony with correct principles, and then the fruit can come, that's good fruit, can be produced by living in harmony with those things that are correct and right and in order and in harmony with God's ways. So I wanted to talk about the negative emotions that come with cooking, the negative emotions that come with housework or yard work. And the reason that this is interesting to me is that I've had experiences where cooking is really fun, where it's enjoyable, where I want to be in the kitchen, I want to be making something new, trying a new recipe, and and I want to be doing the research to understand how to make the recipe better. And then there's been times when cooking is a dread and a drag, and I'm thinking, oh, goodness, this is just a burden. I've got to figure out how to hurry and get dinner on the table. And so there's these negative emotions that are tied to the same experience. If you've been listening to the podcasts and some of the meditations, then you'll know that anytime we have that negative emotion, that's a sign, that's a fruit to us, that there's an idea behind it and there's something about that idea that's incorrect. So when I have these negative emotions about cooking or about laundry or about housework and I'm not feeling good about it and I'm pretty, I'm experiencing this negative fruit, this negative emotional fruit, then I know that there's some idea that I have about it that's not correct. And for me personally, the idea that I found that almost always drives those negative emotions with those things is this idea or this belief that it's my responsibility. When in reality, there's six mouths in our home that are eating there's six bodies in our home that are using laundry and and wearing the clothing and getting it dirty and putting it in the hamper so the that was the idea that I needed to come to I needed to come to this realization and this understanding that for all of us to really live in harmony with the law of the harvest which is that whatever our actions are there's a consequence that follows If our family is going to live in harmony with that, then it won't be the mother that is responsible for all of the consequences of everyone else's actions. So if everyone is hungry and they eat, it won't be the responsibility of the mother to prepare that food or it won't be the responsibility of the mother to clean up the dishes after they've all eaten, if that makes sense. And same thing with the laundry. If they've all worn the clothing then it should be their responsibility to help wash and clean and take care of what what they've used. A lot of times when I feel a negative emotion behind some kind of chore and it leaves me feeling overburdened and overwhelmed, then I stop and identify, am I doing something for someone in our home that they're capable of doing themselves? Now, obviously, a baby, a toddler, or maybe a parent that's elderly, they may not have the ability to do those things for themselves. And that is our responsibility. And I feel like in my experience, I have seen Heavenly Father bless me and help me with the needed energy 
to help provide the needs for someone who can't do it for themselves. But anytime that I'm doing it for someone when they're capable of doing it for themselves and I feel that negative emotion, then I recognize I'm not creating an environment or a habit or a lifestyle where everyone is really living in harmony with the law of the harvest, where everyone is pulling their own weight. When everyone does pull their own weight, they're far more capable. So once you've identified the idea that has been there, that you've been trying to live, that belief that you've been trying to align your actions with, and you've recognized that it's producing a negative emotion, and then you identify, okay, this this belief that this is all my responsibility isn't even correct, then the thing to do is to have a family council have a family meeting it has to be clearly communicated for everyone in the family to recognize it and understand the the truth of the principle and make a plan together as a family how to live in harmony with it real quick i'll share a few examples of things that we've put into practice in our own home using this principle using this principle that everyone who can contribute should contribute and there's not going to be free rides I'll share an example of how we've put this principle of everyone living in harmony with the law of the of the harvest in our home in relation to our laundry. I always had my children fold and put away their laundry from the time that they were capable. I would have them start teaching it, you know, maybe around the time they were two, they would start with folding washcloths or whatever. And then we worked up until they were in charge of just always folding and putting away their own laundry. But the just the sheer amount of keeping the laundry loads moving in and out of the washing machine and dryer was something that was hard for me to keep up on. And when I started recognizing that that wasn't solely my responsibility, because all those clothes, all that clothing that I was putting in, the towels, everything that I was putting into that washing machine, really only a sixth of it was even mine. And so when I brought everyone together and said, okay, what can we do to make this equal now that everyone's capable and everyone pitched in and we made sure the our older girls already knew and they had would switch loads sometimes for me on the weekends when I'd have them do that but we decided you know what just on our job list after school every day of the week we may have two different kids that switch a load of laundry on Monday the next two switch it on Tuesday and then we go back to the other two on Wednesday and the next two on Thursday so all through the week the laundry keeps going and keeps getting done without me being responsible for it and it suddenly there's not any negative emotions that are experienced with laundry and also we've been on top of it it hasn't been this thing that's that we're behind and feeling overburdened because we've been able to stay on top of it because everyone that's wearing the clothing is helping to wash the clothing God gives us these situations because he wants us to create order with them and he wants us to grow he wants us to grow in our stewardships he wants us to learn how to take and manage ourselves and then manage more and 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 by manage I don't mean micromanage or dictate but I mean to take and teach and train and when we bring our family together and we have a meeting and we talk about what are true and correct principles and then we come up with a plan of what we can do as a family to put those principles into practice there's all this beautiful good emotional fruit, not just the emotional fruit, but the physical fruit, not having any more mountains of laundry, but having a system where things continually keep moving through and everyone's doing their work and it it doesn't all fall on one person, especially when that one person 
isn't even the one that wore all of that that clothing. When it comes to meals in our home, some of the things that we've put into practice that have worked very well for our family is, first of all, me identifying that it's not my responsibility to make sure that all the food is there and it's not my responsibility to make sure that it all gets cleaned up or packed for lunch, that everyone helps pull their weight and contribute to that. And then during the week when each of our kids get home from school and they have their job list for the day, I just include different meal prep things on their job list that need done too. So they'll they'll get home and have their homework and their laundry. They might have a music practice and their bedroom and they usually have, you know, peel carrots, wash and chop up celery, hard boil and shell eggs, different things that, that they can do that makes having the refrigerator stocked and prepped for our lunches and for our meals during the week and for our snacks simple. But everyone is contributing. Everyone that's eating is helping to contribute. There are some seasons during the year where our kids are busier, especially our older two, as they're involved in different team sports, where they may have lots of practices and games during the week. And and I know when they get home, they don't have a lot of extra time to be doing very much meal prep because they still have homework and shower and they might have young men's, young women's activities for church. They might have um, tests to study for, music lessons still still to do, their laundry in their bedroom. So usually in on during those seasons, I just wait until Saturday and then I put that on their Saturday job list. Different things, they may be in charge of baking some muffins or they may be in charge of browning and portioning out the meat and putting in the fridge for the for the coming weeks meals or something and then during the harvest season that is when we spend a lot of time in the kitchen and especially for me in years past it's been a very long time and I have found that when we when we really bring everything in from the garden we dig up all of our potatoes the onions dig up all of our carrots and we've got cucumbers or tomatoes things that are needing taken care of and it is overwhelming the way that I've done it in the past. So this year we decided to continue to follow that principle of inviting and asking everyone who's going to be eating the food to be helping the food. So the whole family did it and we had I Love Lucy playing in the kitchen. We watched those episodes while we chopped up cabbage, made sauerkraut, made pickles, scrubbed carrots, made salsa, and everyone contributed. And it was so nice rather than it being something that would sit on the countertop and me try to fit it in and work on it for the next two weeks. It was a lot of it was done in a day. My two older girls worked as a team. Me and my youngest daughter worked as a team. My husband and our son worked as a team and we got a lot done. And and in the meantime, our children are being taught and modeled and shown how to be stewards over over all of these fruits and vegetables that they've been watering and weeding and growing all season long. So it's really neat that here we are trying to put the law of the harvest into practice in our own family just in relation to to our meals and to our food. And we're literally using the law of the harvest with all these things that we've grown to teach our children principles and skills. So if you've been stuck in this routine where you've been doing things for people that they are capable of doing themselves and you are feeling the weight of that and you're feeling overwhelmed and overburdened, then I encourage you to stop and really evaluate things and go to Heavenly Father in prayer. Ask him to help you see it clearly and help you understand what the solution would be and who you who it is that you need to communicate with and bring them together, bring him or her or all of them together 
and counsel together. Share your true feelings. Share the feelings that you felt of feeling overwhelmed and overburdened. Share the ideas that you have of how your life can be aligned better with this eternal law of the harvest. And create a plan together of how to make that happen. And don't feel like it's a failure if you start putting that plan into practice and then you identify some other things that are incorrect that need to fix too. Really, Heavenly Father is helping us fine-tune things and he's not He's not giving it to us all at once. Most often he gives it to us line upon line, precept upon precept. So he'll show us one thing to change or tweak and then show us another thing to change and tweak. And this is why... I've asked my husband to come here and be with us on the podcast today because he and I have talked a lot about this and and the ways that Heavenly Father guides us to try something different, to take whatever situation we've been used to and that has been familiar to us and be willing to change it. And it may not even be that we change it a lot, but be willing to change it. So we've been discussing this principle of allowing everyone under our stewardship to take ownership over the things that they're capable of taking ownership over. And that produces much better emotional fruit for us because we're no longer doing the work for someone that they are capable of doing for themselves. But there's another principle that comes into play here. And that principle is the idea that if we keep repeating the same pattern over and over and over and we're experiencing the same emotional fruit that's negative from that, that is a signal to us that a different approach needs to be used. So this is a whole nother principle that we're going to talk about. And this is where I asked my husband to come and share his thoughts because he's been studying this in his personal study and we've had many conversations about it. And he knew that it would be very beneficial to share in one of our podcasts. So my wife and I have studied a little bit in the experience that Peter and the apostles had in John chapter 21 where... Um, Jesus had an interaction with them. They didn't know it was Jesus at first. They had decided to go fishing. And, and they fished all night. And they caught no fish during that whole night. And then the next morning, they saw who they thought was a stranger on the shore. And that stranger asked them if they had any meat. And they said no. And unbeknownst to them, it was really Jesus and when they answered that they had caught no fish, he told them to cast their net on the right side of the boat. And they did so and caught multitudes of fish. It said when they dragged the net onto the shore, eventually they had 150 some odd fish in that net. And what I think is interesting about this is one, um, Peter was humble enough to see a stranger on the shore receives a suggestion from that stranger and actually followed it. <laughs> and I think that's quite unique um, from what we see today in our society that most people aren't that humble to try something, especially something as simple as casting your net on the other side of a a ship. We need to remember here that Peter was a fisherman by trade. He knew what he was doing. And seeing a stranger on the shore telling him to do something so simple as casting his net on the right side would really seem ridiculous, in my opinion. And I could see a lot of people just denying that suggestion, thinking, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to do that. 
I've been fishing my whole life. But Peter had this humility about him and a willingness to try. And I think that's one of the key elements that brought about the, the, the load of fish that they ended up catching. Another thing I think that is teachable here is the simpleness of the change that needed to be made. Usually if we're in the thick of some problem or we're feeling anxious or even depressed or we, we know there needs to be a change, our mind will immediately go to more drastic solutions. A solution that seems more drastic almost seems in our mind as if it will bring about a greater change, which is what we're really ultimately after. But the lesson here with Jesus is even the simplest of changes can bring about a great harvest. And in fact, we need to have, I think, more confidence in ourselves that the path that we were following was was good and it started out good and we got to a good place, but now it just needs modified just a little bit. And if we're continually trying to do what we think is best, we need to rely that we got there because of a good thinking process or good habits, but something has changed without us realizing it. And all we need to do is make a small adjustment to react to that change, just like casting your net on the other side. And it doesn't, oftentimes does not require a monumental shift, although it can, but in this case it didn't. Um, Can I say something here? Sure. I think, too, that sometimes we'll begin something. We might begin a new routine or a new habit, or we might implement something in our own personal lives or in our family that's good, and it and it continues to be good and, and produces good fruit. But God doesn't want us to stay at the same level. And so over time, if we're still staying there, he wants us to continue to rise and grow and progress and improve. And so that's why something that maybe was working and working well for a period of time isn't producing good fruit later on because there we just need to shift upward. There needs to be a, a different change to produce greater fruit and so that's why it not maybe isn't necessarily a huge drastic change that we need to make it's it's more not being complacent or settled into a routine when we should be continually moving upward even if that movement is a slow and steady pace that's good as long as as long as we're progressing and that's right and we you know, this also brings up the story of Jesus walking on the water in Matthew chapter 14. In in the case we're considering now where they're fishing, they fished all night without any success. If you read the story in Matthew 14, the a lot of the disciples were on a ship in the Sea of Galilee when the, the storm rolled in and it said they're they were being tossed to and fro, the waves were big, the wind was howling, and again, Jesus came in the fourth hour, which would be very early in the morning. So, to me, what that represents is that we are left to our methods 
for long enough time for it to fully sink in that something's wrong, that something needs changed, and that there needs to be an adjustment made. Had Jesus come within the first two casts of the net, there would have been no lesson taught there because that pain, the failure, wasn't sufficient enough to actually teach a lesson. But having gone through the whole night, now that lesson will be solidified, will be remembered and applied. Even if you taught the exact same lesson after the second netcast, the effect is very different once you are fully convinced that something needs to be changed. And that was the same thing with with Jesus walking on the water. When they saw him coming after toiling against the storm for an entire night, that result was miraculous to them. I'm sure it was far more memorable than had he come 10 minutes into the storm or 30 minutes into the storm. So, so when we think about our situation and we're very frustrated about that, it's a good thing that we're at that level to make a change because now we're at a point where Jesus can step in and help us understand what little modifications need to be made because we're truly desiring it. Anytime you give someone advice that's not solicited, it's usually not taking not taken very well or with as much value as it could be and when you're actually really truly desiring advice from someone. I think the other thing to consider here is that if you look at that experience from the night of fishing, yes, it was a failure. They completely failed. And the question is, why did they have to go through that whole night? But I think we at times fall into this this short-term vision or this limited vision where we only look at that night and maybe the morning time and we see, oh man, I worked so hard through the night, didn't catch anything. And then as soon as Jesus steps in and tells me what to do, I have all this fish. Why didn't I just go to him before? And that's good. We should go to him as, as quickly as possible. But like we just mentioned here, it's hard to teach someone unless they've gotten to to a bit of a painful situation where they're really ready to learn. And, and I don't think Christ's intention was to fill their net full of fish. What eventually happened was they came to the shore, you know, Peter, the way he is, he jumped into the sea and swam to, to Jesus on the shore. When he got there, there was a fire set. There was fish and there was bread. And I think this was the true reason why Jesus showed up on the shore to give him that bit of knowledge is because now it created this environment where they're on the shore, they're eating, and the true lesson of what Jesus wanted to teach him was then set. He had the perfect environment. He had these disciples who were teachable. And that's when he asked Peter three times if he loves him. And each time Peter said yes, and actually seems to have gotten a little frustrated that Jesus would ask him the same question three times. But with each response, of feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, 
that was the real lesson of what Christ wanted to teach Peter, that that, that state of, of Peter following Christ for those three years wasn't a temporary state. It was meant to change his life forever. And that's what Jesus wanted to teach him. And so when we're in those frustrating moments, when we're in... Um, just situations that we really want to change and we're now ready to change and and we we're desiring to cast our net on the other side be ready for that big teaching that follows up with it because that could be the real reason why you're frustrated with this little situation that you had because there's a great teaching just following it that you need to be prepared to hear yes that made me actually think of a worldwide devotional that President Nelson and his wife gave. This was in 2016. And Sister Nelson talked about becoming the person you were born to be. And she talked about situations from the scripture where people became desperate, where they were in a state where they were desperate. She says, When we're desperate to be guided by heaven, we work harder than ever to tune into heaven. When we're desperate to be physically healthy, we eat and exercise accordingly. No excuses. When we're desperate to have more money, we eagerly follow the Lord's law of finances which is, of course, tithing. When we're desperate to become the people we were born to be, our vision changes. We wake up from the spiritual amnesia the adversary so cleverly administers, and suddenly we see things about ourselves, others, and our lives we've never seen before. When we're desperate to be the true disciples of Jesus Christ we were born to be, we suddenly find the courage and determination to remove anything and everything from our lives that is unholy and impure. Our willingness to follow the advice of our leaders changes. We seek counsel and are eager to follow it. Humility pushes pride and arrogance aside. The scriptures become our go-to source for answers. I guess one of the examples that I run into quite a bit is just at work. Um, My line of work is in the engineering field, and a lot of times there are no source of answers for a particular problem because that problem is so unique or custom to the application or maybe it hasn't even been tried before and so I really have learned to turn to Heavenly Father as I'm trying to figure those things out because I know there's not any other resources readily available that deals specifically with what I'm doing and the simple cast of the net to the other side really has to do with my attitude. And there's lots of times going into work with a looming problem, you're almost hesitant or scared or just dreading having to face that problem. But if you turn that around into into more of this Peter casting his net on the other side and looking forward to that big teaching opportunity that's just behind this trial. That seems to have changed a lot of things with me to produce a lot more results. If I just recognize that this trial is a tool for me to acquire new knowledge or strengthen my character or understand something that I don't understand already, then it becomes exciting. And I'm really, I'm willing to tackle that trial head on and put forth my best effort and just come at it with full force and 
kick out the dread and the fear and everything else associated with that. And as I put that into practice, the answer is always there. I've actually been surprised and as I've prayed for a solution that it comes that day. And lots of times I'll put <laughs> a timeline, you know, and I, I'll ask Heavenly Father, I've been working at this for a week. I feel like I'm close. Will thou bless me today to figure this out? And it is surprising how many times I really do find the solution that day. Now, there's usually another trial right behind it, another problem that I need to figure out. But I've learned if I just attack these little obstacles with with excitement, really, to overcome them, they go away much faster. They get beaten much faster. And, and my confidence is strengthened in my ability to ask for an answer and actually get it in a timely manner. One of the things that has come to mind with me a lot is I've tried to change some of the routines or the expectations or the traditions that we have in our own family with our children and and me and the responsibilities that I've had over the years, but recognize that I need to hand those off to my children as they grow. I've thought a lot about how King Benjamin, what happened with his people, the kind of people that were produced from King Benjamin's leadership style and when he gathered everyone together and there was this baptism of fire that happened in masses, just, it, that's incredible to me that there were so many people who were willing to forsake sin, to embrace truth, to have this mighty change of heart. And one of the things King Benjamin had done was he had worked right alongside them that he didn't ever get to a point as the leader where he expected people to do things for him that he was capable of doing for himself. He he expected others to do what they were capable of doing, but he also continued as the leader. King Benjamin continued to do all that he was capable of doing. And I think that that leadership style and that example is what helped produce these people who were prepared and ready to embrace truth, to leave behind and forsake sin, and to have this amazingly powerful experience that changed all of their hearts. And that we can follow that same pattern in our own families and in our own relationships. What King Benjamin was very good at is creating an environment of trust. So when the time came for him to deliver his message, and I was trying to find the reference to this, but it was really an angel that came to him that told him what to say to his people. So again, he was he had a clear prompting from the Lord, from this angel that told him what to say, and 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 he delivered the message. But in order to get to that point, he created an environment where the people recognized that he didn't have any unrighteous or impure motivations. And if we followed King Benjamin's example, the things that we ask our children to do or the extra jobs that we want them to take on because we see that their capability is growing is not to 
is not to satisfy our own personal pride or other selfish motivations. Um, for example, it's not it's not right for me to expect all my kids to be mowing the lawn so you know, I got two hours to go out and play with my friends or something. What it really is is because there's a longer list of responsibilities that I have that now them picking up one of these things enables me to get to that next task on the list that will also help our family improve and progress and accomplish more. And I think that's what King Benjamin did, that if he was out working with his people and and he wasn't forcing them to build him palaces and he wasn't overly taxing them and he wasn't doing anything to enrich himself personally but to really improve the situation for all the people that's when a person under his stewardship would gladly say yes you know i would like to take on something extra so you can take on something extra as well and we can all benefit from that and that's a prime example in in the family as our kids are now more capable to do things that also coincides with the number of tasks that need to be done in a family as the children get older there's just far more things that need to be done and need to be accomplished and places to be at and so I think it's pretty natural for a child if they have grown up in this environment or are exposed to this environment where the parents aren't dictating things for their own personal reasons or motivations but to really they can see that the fruits of their the fruits of their work are benefiting the family and they can see that the fruits of the parents work are benefiting the family and if they're both you know willing to engage more to accomplish more i think children can see that and recognize that i want to share some personal experiences with this and two experiences in particular when we moved to the home that we live in now we um had quite a bit of grass that needs mowed and i was of the opinion that we should just get a riding lawn mower and then brandon and i could take turns mowing the lawn and i didn't think our children were ready for that yet and he said no let's just buy two lawn mowers that are the easy start self-propelled kind and have both our daughters mowing the lawn at the same time. And they were 10 and 11 at the time. And I thought, no way, they are way too young to be mowing the lawn. And he said, what? They're completely capable of this. And sure enough, he taught them everything they needed to know about the, the lawn mowers, how to be safe with them, how to use them. And they did great. The girls were excited. They felt older being able to have that responsibility you know it wasn't very long before they felt like it was a chore it became a chore to them but in the beginning it was a privilege that they had this opportunity and I was amazed at how much more I felt like was taken off of my plate having them go out and get that accomplished and there were some times that they didn't want to mow the lawn and they actually asked me will you trade me and they would get all the things done on my list in the house and I would get time out in the sun mowing the lawn which I appreciated because it didn't feel like a chore to me anymore so he's very appreciative that 
Brandon recognized that our girls were capable of more and ready for more because the fruit that was produced from that was this lift off of our plates of responsibility so we could get to other things that were things we needed to accomplish and it ended up being a very good thing for our girls and just the other week Brandon mowed the lawn for them they were busy and had activities with their friends and he mowed the lawn and and I overheard both the girls at separate times thank him for mowing the lawn it was just neat to see that they had taken that ownership and recognized that that was their contribution and that he had done it for them and they were grateful there was a feeling of gratitude there which was neat to see the second experience I wanted to share was last fall we have quite a bit of leaves on our property with some tall trees that we have and I remember I had projects inside and I had sent all of our kids outside to go and rake up all these leaves rake them up bag them up and my husband was out there working on a project in the yard too and our kids kept getting in little arguments had questions about how to do things and had questions about how much they needed to do and whether or not someone was working hard enough and so they kept coming into the house and telling me what all these problems were asking me for all these helps but as they would walk across the property they would pass my husband who had his earbuds in and they would come in and then I would have to stop the projects I was working on to figure out all their projects walk out there show them how to do things walk back in and we're passing my <laughs> Brandon as we come back in meanwhile I'm feeling totally irritated because the projects I need to get done in the house are getting interrupted and it finally dawned on me that, wait a minute, we're not even equally sharing this load of teaching and training and encouraging our children to be involved in the projects that need done in our home and our property. It ended up being a very good thing where both of us recognized that there was an imbalance there of teaching and training our, our kids and what we needed to do differently to make that equal and to make it more beneficial. And it I feel like it's worked out really well. It's been a year since then, and there's been a lot of good improvements and changes, and we just continue to identify things that still need fixed or identify things that we need to do to continue progressing upward and making things run even more smoothly. When we're living in harmony with the law of the harvest and those who we have stewardship over are living in harmony with the law of the harvest, if we've taught them that principle and then it's been an expectation and we've all counseled together and agreed as a family to live in harmony with that, then it really is neat. Because then when we do something for someone else that they are capable of doing themselves, if we occasionally decide we're going to do that, they are grateful for it and they see it as a true act of service, not as something that they're entitled to, but as something that they're grateful for. When I fold my kids' laundry, every once in a while I'll fold it for them and they'll come home and they'll have laundry on their list of of their jobs or their chores for that day they have it on there almost every day but when they come and down by the laundry room and they see that their pile of laundry is already folded for them without fail they all come and tell me thank you thank you for folding my laundry and that just it's just good to hear because there are things that before if I was doing things for them regularly and they just got used to it and I was feeling annoyed or frustrated or overburdened by it they didn't even recognize it was something to be grateful for. But when they know what the cost is or what the price is or the time 
that goes into something because they've been living it and doing them it themselves. They recognize that it has value. And then that service really is meaningful, which is why our daughters would go to Brandon and say, thank you for mowing the lawn. And when they were young, they would have never told them, thank you for mowing the lawn because they didn't, it wasn't even something that was in their comprehension of understanding what goes into that. So as our family grows or as our children age, as they become more capable, it is so good to hand them more responsibilities. It is so good for us to talk about what are true and correct principles and make a plan as a family, how we can live in harmony with them, and everyone benefits. It's amazing to feel, not just our home, but our property, to feel like it's all in order when all of us are on the same page and we all recognize the truth of a principle and we've all made a plan and a commitment to each other to live in harmony with it. And the fruit that comes from that is so good. Don't be afraid to break free from whatever cycle or rut you may be in or maybe your family might be in and open your vision and ask Heavenly Father to open your vision and show you a new way to approach things, a new way to implement things that a way to cast your net on the other side, try something different and see if the results are different, see if the results are better and experience the blessings that come from following that inspiration. As we move forward toward a millennial earth and the return of our savior, there's going to be a lot of changes that will need to take place for all of us to really become the kind of people that are capable of being in his presence when he comes again. And that's going to mean we're going to need to be willing to leave behind the lifestyles that we have been living, leave behind the ruts that we have been, and start heading to a higher, holier place and becoming higher and holier people. And it's going to take place as we identify correct principles. As we move forward teaching those principles and respecting the agency of those that we have stewardship over and allowing everyone to choose for themselves if they want to live in harmony with those laws. And when we when we do that, when we put those into practice, the blessings will start flowing. And we'll recognize that our nets are full and that we can trust Heavenly Father and trust the guidance that he's giving us to start trying to do things differently than what we have been and be able to receive a different outcome.